0: This fucking
1: guy Hello my drunken noodles. Welcome to this fucking guy, a podcast about self-care if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here
0: is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and punanis that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm using a pop filter. Ren Martinez. And I simply choose not to enunciate Ginger Golub. Or enunciate too clearly, so it pops into the microphone. I I was not a theater kid to the same
1: degree you were a theater kid. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. It's been a long day. Yeah. It's been a very long day. It's actually been a really long week. I'm very excited for the week to not be a thing anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Um... It's my niece's birthday this weekend, though. Hey, happy birthday. Which one? The-, the eldest. Okay. So, um, she will be turning 7 mm-hmm. Uh, she is as tall as a an 11-year-old at Damn. this point. She's just all legs.
0: Ren's three nieces torso. are known as the eldest, the Squish Banana, and C.J. Craig from the West
1: Wing. Exactly. Um... We could, I mean, the oldest one, I mean, we could call her Colt, which is such a reference to, I don't know if you remember uh, Baby Horses. I remember Baby Horses. No, the Three Ninjas movie. Oh my God. It's not a good film. We have to watch it someday. Is it Steven Seagal? No, it's a kid's movie about these three, like, white boys that somehow, like, become ninjas. It's kind of like Home Alone mixed with the karate kid. Was this Disney Channel? I have no idea, but they they all had three ninja names, okay? So the eldest was oh. Rocky, the middle one was Colt, and the youngest was Tum-Tum. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, it's it was almost as good as Surf Ninjas. Um, which why are yeah. you watching
0: so much ninja content?
1: I was really into Power Rangers when I was a kid. Well, so so was
0: I, but mostly the potential for romantic entanglements.
1: Oh, man. When the Green Ranger turned on Kimberly, oh, my God, my heart. like Oh, that fucked
0: up my heart. That created this press. I'm so sorry, listeners. That created this precedent for me where I'm not proud of this, but sometimes shows just feel like
1: they've betrayed me emotionally. I have to stop watching them. It was such an incredible arc. I was emotionally torn when I was, and again, I was like nine years old and I had never been through such emotional turmoil. Though not my favorite ranger. My favorite power ranger was Billy, the blue ranger, who yes. was the smart one. <laughs> he was the smart one. My favorite power ranger was
0: Trini, the first yellow the power first, ranger, yes, yes. who in retrospect, I
1: definitely had a crush on. Yeah. I mean, fair,
0: fair, fair.
1: Um, my mother, favorite ranger was Jason, the red ranger. And she thought he was hot. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> What oh, up, um, friend's Mom. Oh my god. What a good show. It, it literally wasn't until like the last like 5 7 years of my life that I realized that it was a Japanese show that they just filmed the American yeah, kids. Yeah, cut scenes basically. And all of the fight scenes were just, I had no idea. Well, in no seem- clue. Seemingly they also filmed
0: the American scenes on the just like they didn't bother striking the set of saved by the bell that right. just kind of went in after hours cuz it was that same weird like 80s mall vibe.
1: Exa- exactly. And again, like I had no idea that uh Queen Rita was Rita, right? I think it was Rita. yes. Queen Rita was dubbed she was just fantastic and evil. although of all of the of all
0: of the like really sinister sounding names they could have given that character, Queen Rita, yeah, well, is al- what they went with. Well, she also had Goldar, who was his, her black. Yeah, Goldar sounds more like what you would be expecting.
1: I will get you, Rangers, and then Zordon in his tube. It was a good show, and you know what? Uh, to move on from that, and wow, I am nerding out. Um, do you need do you need to scream into a void, maybe at all? I mean, I know you've been screaming over text recently. Okay, this dying cat okay. noise is not. The-
0: I was kind of curious how long I could make that noise and then I realized it was going to be for way too long. Yeah. Um but yeah. Uh so I I I I promised my poor beleaguered father that I was going to tell tales on him um i i was just down at my parents house for the last week uh because my dad got a total knee replacement and was recovering from surgery and um we can rebuild him yes i the fact that it doesn't shoot lasers is disappointing uh dj did ask repeatedly If he could keep the old knee, if he could keep the end of his femur so DJ could craft into a
1: walking stick. I'm I'm so glad I know who DJ is as a person, Mm -hmm. because if I didn't, I would be like, that man is a serial killer. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They don't let you keep the knee, just so you know. Aw, bummer. Not even if you ask. Uh... But I, like, at this point, my brain is so foggy. I can't recant all of the tales, and I don't think you would want me to if I could. The one that just stands out as the just chef's kiss piece de resistance of my opiate addled 70 year old father who has just had a knee replacement is less than 48 hours after surgery. I hear just this awful, click screech click screech that his walker was making because he doesn't he didn't like to keep it on the ground and just wheel it he wanted to pick it up between steps i've heard that's more efficient yes is it uh (laughs) but um i heard that i was just like something is afoot so i get up and i i go to where the noise is coming from and like he can't outrun me at this point that is true and this motherfucker's looking for his power tools that's a bad sign on opiates. It's not a good sign on opiates. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, "This man had a power drill in his hand. had to t- Had to talk him out of it. Had to talk him out of using the power drill until it was forty eight hours after oh, surgery. Responsible. And, yes. <laughs> and, and then I let him remove the like
1: handlebars that he installed onto one of the toilets in preparation for the surgery, and then decided he didn't like. Again, I'm just glad he wasn't like juggling chainsaws because at this point, nothing you tell me would surprise me.
0: I told him that this was less stupid than the time he got up onto the top of a ladder in, I believe the rain, cause I know it was muddy with a chainsaw and then the ladder just sank into the mud and collapsed. It was less dumb than mm. that, but only slightly. And he has all of his limbs. He broke like all of his ribs on one side. Ooh. Mm. He he managed to yeet the chainsaw. Well, which was kind of the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he could I mean he's clearly trying to go for straight bionic man. Um, and it's only by the whims of fate that he still remains yeah, not quite a cyborg.
0: Yeah. I mean, god god help me if they can make him a cyborg, we're all in big trouble but
1: uh i'm sure he'll only use his powers for good
0: well after he fell off of the ladder that one time i was on the phone with my mother she was telling me what happened and that they had finally gone to the hospital and like diagnosed him with these rib fractures and while i'm on the phone with her she's just like what the fuck and i was like what's happening what's happening and she's like god damn it he's on a ladder again and he was outside trying to fix the gutters again
1: i just have to say i am just so glad that Mama and Papa Ginger are still alive and with us today
0: like they're they're very smart people i need to be clear about that they're very smart people that just occasionally make really questionable choices
1: it's very it's very sitcom-esque yes like the kind of situations that's, that's where you're like
0: exactly what it is this
1: is unrealistic even for television
0: yeah it's never like my dad's smoking meth in the kitchen or something it's always like <laughs> it's,
1: it's not know, it's he's not choking. shameless yeah
0: no it's <laughs> it, it's not shameless it's more you know dinosaurs or i, I don't know why oh. that's the first one that came to mind, but <laughs> I, you know what, I will accept this. I will We're ac- all going to get killed by an asteroid in the end. And yes. That's how I know. I will. I will accept this. But, absolutely. But uh you know, if if my parents are still listening and alive by the time this podcast comes out, like, hang in there. We love you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: God is blessed. Please get off the roof. <laughs> Uh, So, I think we've established that I
1: need therapy. I think you do. Unfortunately, this episode is going to be a fucking bummer. Oh,
0: goddammit. It's going to be a fucking bummer. Is is this going to be Missing Episode 7
1: level bummer? Um, no, not quite that much of a bummer. It's, it's... Not a Patreon-only bummer? No, it's, it's a bummer, but it's like a breaking news story, very important... Bummer. And uh, I just, you know, I, I had heard about it and I started doing some digging and suddenly I was like, ooh, woof, ho-jeezy. Um And just spill, there's just so much underneath the shittiness that's already on top. It's like a beautiful shit layer cake. So, have you ever heard of Saisha Mercado? I have not. So, she. Uh, is a former American Idol finalist. That is her claim to fame. American
0: Idol. American okay. Idol. I was thinking
1: America's Next Top Model, and I was like, I've, I've seen
0: those, and I don't remember no, this person. No.
1: Um, she's a former American Idol finalist. Um, So she went to John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida, in February of this year. She was hoping to get help with her then 13-month-old son, Amen Ra, which is Kind of a badass name for a kind of really baby. It really kind of is. Uh, who was going from breastfeeding to like solid foods and bottle feeding, and was struggling with that transition. Okay. Uh, he ended up staying in the hospital for fluids due to dehydration. Okay. This is this is a pretty typical scenario for yeah. a lot of parents. Many mothers struggle to produce enough milk to feed their babies, and Saisha was pregnant at the time, which makes it even more difficult yeah. to produce. But she and her partner Tyrone Deaner, who works as a child welfare professional. Uh, wanted the best for their baby and took him to get the medical treatment he needed. Uh huh. The nightmare began on March 11th when the couple was greeted by CPS investigators and armed officers at the hospital. The Manatee County Sheriff's Office stated that they had received a tip from the child abuse line that the baby was severely malnourished and that Mercado had denied her son a B12 shot despite the hospital's recommendation. Because of this, Manatee CPS decided to take Amen Ra into custody, and Mercado and her partner were ordered to leave the hospital by police, threatening them with charges of trespassing if they did not comply. This sounds suspect. Mm. But Amen Ra would not actually be discharged from the hospital until late March, which was information never given to his parents. Mm. Manatee CPS told the court that the baby would be placed in a medical foster care home to continue support. That never happened. The baby was placed instead with a non-medical foster family. According to the family, at no time did CPS attempt to place the baby with family members or even speak to any family members for possible placement. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-uh. your face is already like all, all your features are moving to the center of your face, you know, like that. Mm. I'm getting a very small face on a very big head. Yeah. Uh, it's a horrific situation for any parent. Mercado and her partner immediately took to the media, created a GoFundMe, and found support in local advo- advocacy groups. The battle for custody had begun. But the nightmare was just beginning. Ugh. Last Wednesday, the couple began filming an Instagram live video after an unmarked police car waiting outside their home followed the family before pulling them over. The video starts with the family on the side of the road and calling their lawyer, letting him know that they had just been pulled over by sheriff's deputies. Sayisha can be seen in the back of the car, teary-eyed, as a female voice explains, We pulled over nicely. We complied. All we're doing is complying. Police then come to the window and explain that they have a pickup order and that they would be taking their days-old baby girl to no. the hospital and into CPS custody. Mm. When asked why, the investigator states that they had received a report that Mercado had just given birth. They explained that a CPS case management team had previously tried to conduct a welfare check upon learning of the newborn. But Mercado and Diener had referred them to their attorneys before they could visit. Because, again, they're in the middle of a giant custody battle uh-huh. with Manatee County. Uh huh. Instead, Manatee CPS went to a judge for court order and to gain custody of the child. The couple was given no warning of the safety check, and their lawyer was never contacted beforehand. The video continues as Mercado and Diener offer paperwork showing their baby's medical exam the day before and their contact with the CPS office regarding their attorney. My baby is healthy and happy, she said. All you had to do was call the attorney. We have all the paperwork. You guys have created so much trauma. Her pleas, of course, fall on deaf ears, and Mercado then asks about how her baby will get food as... This is a days-old baby. Yeah. She's breastfeeding. Like, okay, so one of my friends,
0: um, she she ended up adopting her daughter, but was, you know, a, a foster placement for her. And this was when she was, like, a couple days old. And that was a situation where, like, that they had been notified that that mother had been given birth and they took the baby. But it wasn't because like that mom hadn't given her other kid a b12 shot she had shaken the baby's older sibling to death and was in prison yeah um so slightly more serious than a little bit than a b12 shot a little bit um
1: but yeah she uh she asks about how the baby will be fed and the officers say well that's between you and case management they do tell her that she's not allowed to go with her baby or be with her baby at any time. So I think that's going to impede some things. Mm-hmm. Um, the video continues for another hour as CPS case management arrived to take the baby into custody. After pumping some breast milk into a bottle, Saisha hands her baby over to the deputies. How could you guys do this? Do you not feel anything? My baby is days old, and you're taking my baby away from me. You're taking my baby away from me. You have no heart. This is so wrong. The video ends. Yeah, it's a rough watch. Since then, the video of the incident has been viewed nearly two million times, sparking a huge outcry on social media. Mm -hmm. The couple has gained an outpouring of support, including the services of renowned civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump, who represented... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not a good name. It's not a great it's name. The opposite name of Amun It does sound like a lawyer, but like a lawyer in a Dickens tale, like
0: like with the law Felicita firm, Crump. Yeah, like with the law firm like Crump Crump and Taboodle.
1: Yeah, exactly. Crump Crump and Taboodle. British names are great. um Well, he is pretty well known. I don't know if you've heard of him, but maybe you've heard some of his clients. Like the victims of the Flint water crisis mm. or the Johnson and Johnson baby powder lawsuit um, or the families of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd.
0: How bad do you got to fuck up as a CPS agency to have the Flint water lawyer show up?
1: Yeah,
0: it's woof. You done fucked. You done fucked. Also, and I heard you say it and then I was like, that's not what she said. And then you said it again. Is it? Manatee County? Manatee County. Like?
1: Like the sea cow. Okay, it's the sea cow. The most gorgeous of mermaids. That's Florida for you. Mm-hmm. One organization supporting the family claimed that they were being targeted. And in an open case such as the one involving Mercado, authorities, quote, have a right to her unborn child. If they see fit, they can remove the baby.
0: No, they, I, mm, I, I struggle with the
1: sentence. They have a right to her unborn child. Perhaps it's better if they they feel they have the right to her unborn child, because they certainly are acting like it. They certainly felt that way, I'm sure. Because, again, the whole reason this process started is because they were like, you did not inform us you had given birth. And she's like, I, how dare? How dare? It happened like five days ago. I've been busy recovering <sighs> from, from giving birth. birth. So race is also an integral part of this story. Mercado and her partner are black parents in an overwhelmingly white county.
0: You mean Amundra's not Scotch-Irish? Continue. <laughs> Just the, I'm just thinking of a uh, fucking Merida. Like, to be fair, it kind of sounds like
1: some white people nonsense, potentially. Yes, potentially. potentially. Um, the police officers and CPS workers who surrounded them and took custody of their child, they're also white.
0: hmm
1: Her son, who was discharged to a foster family without seeking qualified family members first, that foster family is white. Mm-hmm. BuzzFeed spoke to Dana Sussman, the deputy executive director at National Advocates for Pregnant Women, regarding the Mercado case, and she said that many advocates refer to CPS as a family policing system. That's true. And that control over Black families can be exerted anywhere from the delivery room to a doctor's appointment. Mm. This system is rooted in our country's history of slavery and regulating the reproduction of Black mothers and Black families. It is rooted in the country's belief that they can judge who and when people can become parents, and it's inextricably linked with the racist systems of policing, violence, and poverty. As of right now, Mercado's baby is still in CPS custody, and she is actively fighting to win back custody of her newborn, as well as her now 18-month-old son. Oh, baby. Unfortunately, Mercado's story is not the only one of its kind. In fact... They are just the newest victims of Florida's broken child welfare system and its questionable practice. And now the actual oh. fucking guy of this episode, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I feel like if you dig deep enough into any of
0: our episodes, Florida was always uh-huh. sort of like like you take enough masks
1: off the Scooby-Doo villain and then it's Florida. Yeah. There was a TikTok the other day that was like, if you could sacrifice one state to Florida. to get rid of the COVID crisis, to resolve it, Florida. and everything would be great, what state would you pick? And why was it Florida? Because <laughs> it's always Florida. <sighs> All right. Back in 2014, Florida decided to go tough on child abuse. They passed legislation that substantially changed virtually every facet – of Florida's child welfare policy, which I guess on his face doesn't sound bad. Yeah. This included hiring 270 additional child abuse investigators, creating a rapid response team, and discarding the priority to the rights of parents, which made it much easier for the state to seize children. Mm hmm However, it seems that the state had forgotten just a tiny, itty-bitty little question. Where are you going to put the kids? There is that question. Mm. So, most of this episode is in thanks is thanks to uh, two incredible USA USA Today articles hey, hey, hey. that did huge in depth investigations regarding this stuff. So, like, kudos to them for being fucking great journalists. So. This investigation found that, by 2017, the state needed space for 6,000 additional foster children. That is roughly the equivalent to the entire foster population of New Jersey. And I'm guessing they had about 14 foster families. Mm. While much of the money allocated to the bill went to those 270 investigator positions, Uh the state did not hire more caseworkers or increase the money paid to foster families to make more homes available. Uh-huh. Furthermore, while it was not like super easy to steal kids from their parents, um, none of the root problems were actually being addressed, like a lack of access to uh-huh. mental health and treatment, or addiction treatment, or domestic violence services. Mm. Uh-huh. So I'm sure you're gonna be very surprised by um, the investigation's findings. Like the fact that the Department of Children and Families, which I will from henceforth call DCF, um, and 17 private agencies that manage Florida's child welfare system, sent nearly 200 children to live in foster homes that had evidence of abuse. Like one foster father, who after two preschool girls in his care accused him of molestation, was sent 13 more children by the state. Florida! This only stopped after a third toddler accused him of sexual
0: assault, it, it, which is only the ones that actually said anything. Sure,
1: it, yes, that's a very valid point. How many toddlers? It's like you know how, like how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll not Pop? A, the way I want that's you to a start bad analogy. You're right. Bitch. <laughs> how many toddlers have to accuse one man of sexual assault before anything is done? Apparently, in this case, three? at least three. Um, or there's that one case in Lee County, where child welfare workers placed 20 foster children with a couple over the course of six years, despite multiple abuse allegations. Again, they only stopped after two of the boys told police they had been whipped with belts and locked in gauges. Uh, I mean, what a, what a what a bar to set for how to treat bar. our children.
0: And, and what a bar. What does it say? Just about the state of the world that you said, whipped with belts and locked in cages, and I honestly went, I kind of thought it was going to be worse.
1: It gets worse. Oh. Part of this is that, again, this investigation actually went into detail about a lot of individual cases. I couldn't go into all of them because, one, I don't have enough time, and two, I'd like to live. So, you know, I'm. uh, 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 these are just the, the highlights of child abuse. What a fun title. Um, <laughs> I, I really want to come up with a highlights of child abuse. Like a very 80s jingle, kind of where the kids, like, turn to the camera and, like, give a thumbs up, but in the worst possible way. Yeah, and
0: for some reason, like, it's followed up by the Kool-Aid
1: man just going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But wait, there's more. So, the number of children under 10 sent to live in group homes doubled between 2013 and 2017. Mm-hmm. Some were sent to places like National Deaf Academy. They were sent to this academy even after a lawsuit was filed uh, against the facility alleging that staff had restrained children, punched them, spat on them, and denied them medical care. That's real fucked up. Were the kids deaf? Some of them were. It was a facility that focused on autistic and deaf children. So, you know, just. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're very bad. They're very bad. They're very bad. They were very bad. I guess it's also no surprise that DCF caseworkers ignored department safety guidelines to crowd children into already crowded foster homes, with the number of foster homes caring for four or more kids doubling between 2014 and 2018. And, of course, as these loads swelled, child welfare workers began cutting corners, skipping home visits, parent training sessions, and the required safety checks, while fabricating documentation to cover their tracks. Yep. I mean, it's, it's like A plus B equals C. It's like a natural progression of both. Well, if you put that many fucking kids
0: in this, is, like, I don't want to defend the really shitty social workers in all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I never do. But... You do occasionally see these situations where just social workers are given a caseload that is literally impossible Impossible. to manage. And like they are told if you don't do all of this, like you will be out of a job. And if you're out of a job, like God knows who long and how long until the next sucker comes around who's gonna be working right at that. And it's just oh
1: God, it's just a cycle of bad stuff. It is a cycle of bad stuff. Um, one Inspector General report told of a child who was sexually assaulted after an investigation supervisor falsely claimed that the abuse report had been investigated and that provisions had been made to keep those children safe. It's just so cool and so chill. The coolest, the chillest. In 2017, one Sarasota case manager told state investigators that she lied about visits with at least five children. Her reason? She had more than a hundred kids in her caseload yep. and was required to see them all at least once a month. Hmm. Again, with all the surprises that are coming your way, these high caseloads come with a matching high turnover rate. Uh huh. In the twelfth circuit alone, which covers three counties, uh, turnover among child protective investigators hit seventy-eight percent in October of twenty sixteen. Yep. I would too. That's fucking bonkers. Yeah. I
0: mean, our, our former boss, let's call her Country Sally. Um, <laughs> Country Sally. Um, which with is, so many cats. <laughs> so many. <laughs> uh, she, she worked, uh, for Child Protective Services before she, she started working at our agency, which without giving you guys too much, dear listeners, is a like, fucking weird human services kind of agency where we see sort of like the worst of humanity and sometimes our clients get murdered and she was like no I came here to like decompress and relax.
1: You know that just that just says so much about how about CPS. Well about CPS and just about like how American society values like taking care of people and mm-hmm. children. Ooh. So all of this makes a terrible kind of sense when you look at the numbers. Before this law, Florida, like a lot of other states, had a policy focused on preventing the breakup of families unless it was absolutely necessary, and then prioritizing the placement of those children with extended family members. Okay. But not so much anymore. But why? In one Jacksonville county, the number of new foster children entering the system shot up 60% from 2014 to 2015. In another county, which is known for high poverty rates, removals increased 205 percent. That's too many. That's too many. In 2017, the total number of children in state custody was nearly 24,000 children, a 34 percent increase in five years.
0: That's a lot more people than are in some cities in Florida.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking kids. With so many children, Florida's foster care system snapped under the weight. From USA Today... From 2014 through 2016, news reports from around the state showed what was happening to foster children who had nowhere to go. They bedded down in office buildings and in cars parked at a Wawa and a Dollar General. Infants were placed in emergency shelters designed for older children and cared for by shelter shift workers. So, like, this is literally fucking, like, Moses in the basket. Like, there's just baskets, reed baskets of children placed in, like, hiding places around the state of Florida. Like, a very bad Easter egg hunt.
0: Ren. Yes. I can't talk, so I need you to just describe my face.
1: Um, it has recoiled to the point where like your neck and face have become one object. I mean, that's what I'm feeling emotionally, so yes. I I, I, I want to yes. I don't
0: usually have a double chin, but I believe now I have four.
1: Well, one of those one of those chins is filled with rage, I'm sure. And another's filled with venom. <laughs> Like one of the frilly lizards from Jurassic Park. What, girl, what I couldn't do if I could just spit venom
0: like a frilly lizard from Jurassic Park. Do you have any idea how fast this Florida
1: issue would be resolved if I could fucking spit venom like this? I feel like that's your Patronus. Like, you you know, mm. is, is like, mine, I did the Pottermore thing. Mine was a fox, which, like, I did not actually intend to do that. And I feel like yours is the frilled lizard dinosaur from Jurassic Park. Mm.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> My, I did. I also did the Pottermore quiz, and mine was a lynx, and I was like, really?
1: I mean, lynxes are cool, but frilled dinosaur lizard, I feel, like, really imbues your energy. Yeah. So, with all this, it's no wonder that the state began relying more and more on institutional care, which is by far the most expensive option, and, um, sometimes the most dangerous. So... Going back to that National Deaf Academy I mentioned earlier, um, child welfare nonprofits paid them more than $600,000 to house 11 children from 2014 through 2016. And honestly, that's them doing it on the cheap. Absolutely. This, of course, was after a whistleblower lawsuit was filed against the facility. This lawsuit claimed that one girl was forced to crawl on the floor and sit in her own urine after being denied a wheelchair. And it also claimed that one boy died after the facility neglected to provide him treatments for his diabetes. Insulin, it's it's an
0: it's optional. Wait, no, you're near pillows. Throw me a pillow.
1: I am going to throw you. This is a pillow. Episode, throw me the dog. owl.
0: Throw me the owl. I caught it. You got it. I think we're both surprised. I mean, I
1: yes, a little bit. Um this is definitely a pillow episode, a screaming of episodes of pillows. Um So some good news, I should say. Um the facility Well, the facility uh was forced to close its doors in cool. 2016. Where they put those kids? Well, in <laughs> reed baskets in Starbucks, I assume. <laughs> You know, get your caramel <laughs> macchiato and a baby. Like, like, honest to God, they would probably
0: have better resources to take care of the kids if they just put them in Starbucks. Yeah.
1: I mean, they they have food there. They have decent hygiene practices. I'm sure someone has insulin, you know. Someone. Someone. But, of course, the numbers keep on coming, Researchers at the University of Miami reviewed a million child placements. And what they found was that more than 600 children spent time in foster homes that had been accused of abuse. Even worse, these children's parents and caretakers had no idea. Again, from USA Today. One mother had no clue DCF removed her son from a Clearwater foster home over his complaints of molestation and that the foster father is now facing criminal charges for possessing child pornography. A grandmother in Cape Coral was unaware her grandson lived in a home where foster parents were accused of locking at least three children in dark closets, beating them with baseball bats, and burning their hands on the stove because the Bible told them to. Christ. I mean, pardon the expression, but... (laughs) Le-
0: okay I mean and it's it is one thing to have an allegation against you that was never substantiated like that shit happens that shit mm-hmm. happens sometimes you know you get a a ledge of neglect because you forgot to give somebody their 8 pm title and all it's whatever it happens. but when you have multiple kids making the same allegation at different times, Maybe don't, or like maybe actually investigate the allegations. Not that they have anyone to
1: do that. Yeah, and the CPS workers they do have are basically going new phone who dis. Um, I and 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 part of this is like I'm not a very I'm not a Christian, so like I couldn't tell you what a good Christian is. But I'm pretty sure what would Jesus do does not include burning children. Like no. I'm pretty sure. Like I don't remember that from like Catholic Sunday school. You know, maybe I maybe mean, neglected that.
0: G- Jesus
1: no! Dante
0: Alighieri's first circle of hell, baby. Mm. Just full. There's a row of stoves. Just a row of stoves and unbaptized babies. Ugh. that would be the
1: worst cooking show.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Master, se- Master Chef Junior Junior. <laughs> You got to bring you got to bring some humor into yep. this all right. You got to lighten this <laughs> up a bit y'all. Don't blame me. Oh goodness. Oh god. So so part of this problem with 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 all there's so many problems with all of this but the thing is so adoptive parents can request a child's full file during the adoption process. Okay. But biological family members are not eh, are not privy to the same information. Which is to protect foster families from possible retaliation? Yeah. So they're generally not told where their children are placed. Which I have mixed feelings about. This even extends to guardians who are not always contacted during abuse investigations regarding their wards. Now that's fucked up. Is it? It, it is. It? Mm. I mean. I assure you what it a, is. What a stance to take. You're being bold. Mm. And to top it all off, it's hard to track the abuse numbers. Since 2015, DCF estimates 700 to 800 kids have been abused in out-of-home care each year. If you were to look at the graph alone, you would see a pretty dramatic decrease in the number of verified abuse and neglect cases from 2017 to 2020. It's because they haven't been investigating (gasps) them. Well, why do you think that is a dramatic decrease? That's not a decrease in the
0: allegations. You will notice.
1: Well, you see, they're looking at the proportion of like allegations to verifications, I think. Ren. They're. Ren. What?
0: It's because nobody's looking at them.
1: Well, nobody's looking at them, but also they're not mentioning the fact that they have like three times as many kids. They're not mentioning that they
0: have three times as many kids. They are. Not, frankly, looking at the reports, and they are so aware that there are so many fucking children, so few fucking foster families, that if they take some of them out of rotation, it's going to collapse the entire system, which... Is already like I would argue that it it's has. already collapsed. And it's already just heaving on the ground.
1: But like, could it be worse? I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, like, instead of dropping your reed basket child off at Starbucks, you could just toss him into the Everglades. I guess yeet. this is a better option than the Everglades. <laughs> the Everglades was previously terrifying
0: and run and overrun by alligators. It's currently very terrifying and overrun by Burmese pythons that ate the alligators. <clears throat> Giant snakes is the cause of and solution to all of our problems. We need to get these snakes
1: off this motherfucking plane! Um, and the Everglades. It's actually, these motherfucking glades! It's actually very bad for the environment. It's not great for the environment. There's like no living rabbits in the Everglades. Eh, they just no, got eaten. They just get eaten. So yes, so these statistics are very bad. They're they're very bad statistics. Um, They also only represent cases that were fully verified. Fully verified? For all the thousands of additional abuse cases that are classified as partially verified or inconclusive, they're not included in the statistics. Administrative remedies identified. Ooh. Ooh. Of course, DCF tried their damnedest to keep all of this from coming to light. Uh, refusing to provide information on foster families, demanding $50,000 in copy fees for documents, and even trying to convince legislators to pass a law making foster parent names secret from the public. Fortunately, that measure failed. Okay. When all their dirty laundry started to air quite publicly, the state began to scramble. DCF formed a task force with uh, Florida's Department of Law Enforcement, to provide quality assurance for abuse investigations, a thing, I guess, did not exist before. No. Hmm. They they did
0: not ask for quality. All they
1: asked for was chips. And a little dip. Uh, the group admitted that there was no policy to seek out information from foster children who had previously lived in the home, and that the only requirement was to review exit surveys. So again, so like, You have, you have a kid who's like, Hey, so like they keep trying to cook my hand for breakfast and I oppose this on a moral level. And they're like, man, okay. So that's a thing that happened, I guess, or they're investigating it and they're like, well, we can't prove that this family has a history of doing this because we're not going to talk to any kids who were here before. Why would you? We're just going to review their like customer satisfaction surveys. The thing that everyone fills out. So many of us.
0: So many of us. It's also like if we're just talking about exit interviews. Like I know that DJ in the terrible job that he just left, his exit interview was something along the lines of like, "No, nah, man, it's not you. It's me. It was them. It was, it was them. them the whole time. It was them."
1: Well, it's also. I mean, it's like when you know when you go to um, a grocery store or even a fuck. When you go to like Target. And they yeah. gave you the receipt, and they're like, oh, fill out our customer satisfaction. No one does it. Not once. Not a single person. And, like, neither are any of these foster kids. Like, at all. Um, it was only in 2019 when the task force came up with the brilliant idea for investigators to seek information on abuse and neglect allegations directly from children who had previously lived in the home. Aww. What? Man, innovative. Innovative. Groundbreaking. Florida. Just paving the way <laughs> to hell. Specifically to hell. <laughs> to hell. Um, when a whole system is broken like this, it's easy to see how that's a very bad sentence.
0: What did you write? It's, I demand you explain
1: it's easy to 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 see what you wrote how easy it is to fall through the cracks. You say easy too
0: many times. I do say easy too many but times. I understand what you mean.
1: It also allows people in positions of power to make those cracks even wider. Florida, land of wide cracks. So now we're going to tell a little story. When the Kushners went to the hospital to have their second child, they trusted that themselves and their child would be taken care of. This is even after he was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck and Miss Kushner had not been properly dilated.
0: He- I'll last later.
1: When at 33 days old, they noticed their son twitching strangely, They rushed him to Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, where they found bleeding in his brain and two rib fractures, a direct result of his traumatic birth. Mm -hmm. That's when Dr. Sally Smith entered. The doctor did not introduce herself to the scared parents or ask any questions. Instead, she took a series of photos before exiting the room. She paused just long enough to turn back at them and say, this is child abuse and I'm going to prove it.
0: Okay, Sally. Which is as ominous as it sounds.
1: Yeah, that's also definitely a fake name. Because Dr. Smith is one of the most powerful figures in the child welfare system along the Gulf Coast. Sure, why not? The 61-year-old pediatrician is the head of the Pinellas County Child Protection Team and examines every child at all children's hospital with suspicious injuries. She is the figurehead of children protection services, the cornerstone of child abuse cases, and is beloved by law enforcement prosecutors and the state attorney's office. <sighs> Which means that if she wants to take a child away from their family, it's as easy as snapping her fingers. And she does. Just snappity snap-snap. All the time. Hmm. For years, defense attorneys, families, and their advocates have pushed back against Dr. Smith's findings calling her out for aggressive interrogation of parents, the startling specificity of her claims, Mm -hmm. and her ability to see injuries seemingly invisible to other medical professionals. Mm -hmm. In another USA Today investigation, because again, they were fucking fantastic, um, this investigation reviewed hundreds of Smith's cases as part of their investigation into Florida's child welfare system. They found more than a dozen instances Where charges were dropped, parents were acquitted, or caregivers had credible claims of innocence. Of course, despite all this, these families suffered irreparable damage to their lives and the lives of their children. Yeah. Like John Stewart, a Marine Corps veteran who spent 300 days in jail on Smith's allegation that he killed his girlfriend's son. Prosecutors dropped the charges after a neuropathologist contradicted Smith's findings. Then there was Tara Brown, who struggled with infertility and three grueling rounds of in vitro before eventually having twins. She was accused of inflicting countless fractures on her six-week-old infants. These charges were also dropped after the doctor diagnosed them with a rare bone disorder. Mm -hmm. Between 2009 and 2012, Smith provided expert opinion in three shaken baby syndrome cases. Her opinion, of course, being that... It was the caregivers that they did it. It was definitely their fault. They definitely did it. Yeah. Um, Well, in one case, the caregiver was found not guilty. In another, the judge dropped the charges. The third is currently on appeal, but it is backed by the Innocent Project of Florida. So, like... It's kind of like the Southern Poverty Law Center designating you. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where once you have their name, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah. I,
0: I, I am flashing back to uh, one of my friends, Caitlin. Shout out, Caitlin, if you're listening. You're not, but... Um, she, w- she was asking my advice as, you know, somebody involved in social work because a friend of hers had their baby taken away by CPS uh, because the baby's leg was broken. The baby had brittle bone disease. Uh, was, does that does that result in broken bones? It Is does. Is that a thing? <gasps> it does. But they were adamant that it couldn't possibly have happened without somebody purposefully snapping the baby's leg. And she's like, what do I do? And I was like... Help? nothing? Call a, a lawyer.
1: Call a lawyer? Call ah. a lawyer. That's, here's a bonus self-care tip. Call a lawyer. Um, Just do it. And then there's the case of Bita Kowalski. Great name. Beta was a 43-year-old mother of two who, back in 2016, brought her 13-year-old daughter, Maya, to all children's hospital for a severe stomach ache. Maya, who was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, was having consistent relapses, despite the family seeing several specialists and receiving treatment. While at the hospital, staff were concerned about Maya's condition and her mother's mental health. They submitted an abuse report, but child welfare officials closed it the same day after they confirmed Maya's diagnosis with her specialist. Apparently, the hospital was unsatisfied with this mm. because they went to Dr. Smith who readily submitted a second report alleging, among other things, that Beta wanted to put Maya in a coma and that Maya wasn't really in pain. Because Smith also accused Beta of having Munchausen syndrome by yep, proxy. Er, yep. So you've heard of Munchausen syndrome by I proxy. have! I mean, I've seen an SVU, a Law & Order SVU episode once or twice.
0: Look, so. we've all listened to true crime podcasts about... <laughs> uh, Gypsy Rose
1: Blanchard. 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 Um, but for those who don't listen to as many true crime podcasts, um, Munchausen's by proxy is a very rare disorder in which a parent fakes a child's illness for sympathy or other gain. And I mean rare. Like rare. Yeah. One study found that Munchausen's by proxy is reported in fewer than two cases per 100,000 children, reporting that. Best estimates suggest that health professionals will likely encounter at least one case during their career. According to court documents, Dr. Smith, by her own account, has diagnosed between 10 to 20 cases of Munchausen's. Cool. Which seems likely, I would say. Like Like, some of those are wrong. Mm, are they? Could be. Could be. Well, based on Dr. Smith's allegations, Maya was taken from her parents' custody and confined at the hospital, undergoing hours of physical therapy and psychotherapy. She was hospitalized for three and a half months, missing Thanksgiving, Christmas, and her birthday. Somehow, despite being removed from her mother... Her condition did not improve but steadily grew worse no which is like super weird because if her mom of had munchausen's by proxy you would assume she would get better you would mm. it's almost as if she never fucking had it yeah it's almost as if the pain was real mm. i feel like that's something that like so many so many people who suffer from like disabilities and chronic pain just need to like have a card for that says, yes, the pain is real.
0: Like, I feel like it is a trend among doctors right now, especially in sort of these, like, post-we've-realized-opiates-are-kind-of-bad times, uh, where... They just think it would be real cool if the pain wasn't happening for some reason. And I mean, I
1: agree. It would be super cool. It would be super cool (laughs) if the pain wasn't
0: happening. But, like, we'll do backflips to justify why the pain is not happening.
1: (sighs) Yeah, it's... I mean, admittedly, like... You know, I I know that, like, when you're, you know, with medical professionals, you have that, like, pain scale of, like, on a scale from 1 to 10, where's your pain at? Yeah. And, like, if someone's, like, just chilling in an ER and they're like, I'm at a 10, you're like, eh, you're probably not at a 10. Right. Because 10 literally means, like, screaming in pain, unable to respond. Like, it is, like, you're dying pain. So, like, eh, probably you're probably not at a 10. Um, But also, like, I have not achieved the ability to, like, empathically sense people's sensations or you know physical manifestations of pain and whatever so like i'm going to mostly assume you're telling me the truth because i don't fucking know like
0: mm, people watched a bunch of house and went everybody's lying always
1: everybody's and even okay like i love the show house but even what what were people lying about in house it was never about their actual symptoms or their diagnoses or whatever was going on with their body it was always like That they had had an affair. Or like, I didn't want you to know that my butthole had hair on it. Exactly. It's not like they're saying, like, I'm actually in a lot of pain, but they're not really. It's like, oh, well, I forgot to mention to you that I went to China last week. Yeah. Anyway. So while Maya's father had regained some visiting privileges, officials still refused to allow Beta to visit. She begged the judge to end the separation in a January 2017 hearing. The judge, based on Dr. Smith's recommendation, denied her request and even refused to allow her to hug her daughter, who was in the same courthouse building at that time. 48 hours later, Beta typed up two letters, one to her family and one to the judge, and hung herself in the garage. Yeah. Less than a week after that, the judge reversed his decision and returned Maya to her family. What the fuck? What family? Her father. Oh, Father well. and siblings. Hmm. Mm. He noted in his decision that she and her mother had a very close and loving relationship. Oh, really? Oh, really? What a- I'm so glad that you notated that. Um, You didn't notate that, like, two weeks ago. No. You didn't know that two weeks ago. I wonder what changed. Mm. Hmm. And, oh, the next month after that, um, an independent court-appointed psychologist released her final report disagreeing with Smith's diagnosis of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yeah. And noting that at least two other mental health professionals were not able to confirm that diagnosis.
0: Yeah, which, Hmm. I mean, it it proves two things, which one of them is most of the people involved in this were just a bunch of dick weasels. Mm -hmm. But also that, like, guys, if you're going through hard times and it feels like life isn't worth living, it is. Because someday you could live... To see these butt nuggets be humiliated
1: in front of a court. Yes. And um, that would be because Beta's family members are suing Dr. Smith, All Children's Hospital, and the DCF for their role in Maya's removal and Beta's death. Oh, good. Yeah. It's almost as if they contributed. I don't know. Mm, Maybe. Just just, just a hair. Just a little bit. Just a little skosh. Mm. Despite all this. Dr. Smith is still a foremost child abuse pediatrician and still works at John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida.
0: Yeah, well, so was fucking Richard Gardner. Uh,
1: Well, this is where... In March of this year, she examined Amen Ra, the son of Saisha Mercado. During the court hearing finalizing his removal, the judge cited the information provided by the medical experts from the hospital to confirm his decision to remove the child from his home. To finish up, we will do that in Saisha's own words. I went to the hospital for help. I went to the hospital for support, and instead I was treated like a criminal. My family was treated like criminals for seeking medical assistance. Every day in America, parents are separated from their families and mistreated. They are mishandled. They are misquoted by a very oppressive system. I do know that my family is an example of that. And the end? At it, this point? So,
0: oh. so, So here, here's some of my thoughts. And the frustrating thing is if this, like, over-eager-to-remove-children, like, borderline fascist child protective service system in Florida didn't exist, people would be demanding it. Because they would look at the outlier, really bad cases, and they would go, we need this to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And there's never going to be a system that works... All the way good. But people are so intolerant Mm -hmm. of things being either imperfect or of gray areas in general. Because, like, I'm sure a lot of those kids that got removed and, like, sent to shitty foster homes, like, their original home was kind of bad, too. Sure. But, like, kind of bad and
1: locked in cages and whipped with belts are very different things. I would say different. It it actually kind of reminds me a lot of just, like, just the tough-on-crime narratives. Yeah. You know, we saw that a lot of the 90s and definitely, like, in the, you know, around the 2016 election, like, we need to be tough on crime. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's such a good pitch. Like, it's such a good quotable thing to say that you're, like, tough on crime. Because no one wants to say they're soft on crime, right? Because no one wants to be like, yes, I absolutely allow, like, heathens and fiends to just commit all of the crimes. Like, you know, they don't want to say that. But what tough on crime really means is that you are punishing poor people for being poor, mentally ill people for being mentally ill, and, like, not giving actual support services to prevent any of this to happen in the first place. Yes, it's more
0: important that you look tough than that anybody's lives are improved.
1: Exactly. Like, you don't actually give a shit about this baby, because if you did, you wouldn't just be chucking them in a Starbucks and hoping that someone picks them up that won't put them in a cage. Like they're, uh, I
0: maintain that the way to fix so many of these things are to come up with very sexy Law and Order SVU style shows where they get Mar- Mariska Hargitay to like play a CPS worker that's very compassionate towards people, Ugh. and just like all of the people that wanted to be forensic scientists after CSI, like redirect those people into being foster parents through really appealing television shows that are serialized and have
1: shamar Moore ideally not wearing a shirt you know what i actually think that's a really good idea mariska hargitay first of all is fucking gorgeous and i would follow her into the depths of hell
0: i love her let's get her out of the cop propaganda yeah
1: let's let's not do the copaganda um it's gross and a whole other episode to do at some point um and, yeah, I could absolutely see her being in a show about being, like, a CPS life yeah. worker and, like, that becoming a huge hit on fucking, like, I don't know, Peacock or something. Yes. And, like, suddenly everyone's like, oh, my God, like, maybe we need to invest in, like – Well, e- and, and once you have Mariska Hargitay backing that movement,
0: like, you can bet that those people will maybe get raises because, like, mm-hmm. there will be very, very cele- sexy celebrities to advocate at the state and federal sexy. levels. Sexy. Mm-hmm. Sexy. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Once they've been appointed, like, somebody in a bikini to be an ambassador to something, like, that's a cause that's going to get funded.
1: I mean, Mariska Hargitay almost never wears a bikini on No,
0: show. because...
1: But man, that jawline, though. She could. Mm, yes. She
0: could, but she doesn't have Perfect. to.
1: But yeah, so that's, um, that's th- this episode, which again, I guess, I guess it's about Florida? Like, it's, it's... Again, it's more of a current events kind of thing than like a specific thematic issue. Yeah. Um
0: But also Christopher Maloney is a sexy foster. Oh my dad. god, have you oh seen my that god. article where
1: he's literally in this yes! yoga? Dude, I would let that man ruin me. I would, like, literally be like, sir, 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 destroy me utterly. I don't need to live after this S- moment. Somebody Thank you. explain you have
0: to me why we all collectively decided it's Christopher Maloney now. I don't know when this happened, but we all decided it and it was right.
1: He's just so fucking hot. Kind of the way that Alan Cumming is, like, really hot. You've and lost Stanley me. Tucci. Self-care plan? Um, it does not involve Christopher Maloney or Mariska Hargitay, unfortunately, but we will continue forward. All right. So this is a self-care plan because this, this kind of episode, um, is the kind of thing that makes me not want to get out of bed. Uh Uh-huh. And so good news, you can do self-care in bed. (laughs) Cool. Um. Into it. Flip through some old photographs, whether in your phone, computer, or photo album. Sometimes the present is too fucking much. Take a trip down memory lane and remember when you did those weird fill-in quizzes on Facebook and made a duck face in every photo. You'll be reminded of all the good times you had, which are made even better if you're nowhere near the state of Florida. Mm. Do some gentle yoga in bed. And when I say gentle, I mean gentle. Stay in your pajamas. Do some light poses, you know, like a like a child's pose or a little butterfly or something. Just get those cricks out of your back, stretch out those limbs, and remind yourself that it could be worse. You could be in Florida. We could listen to a podcast. This Pod- one. Podcasts are a great way to unwind and relax. Except for this one, which is probably better suited for driving in traffic or working out at the gym. Yes. I mean you can listen to it in bed. We will, it, guys, if you have us in bed, Ooh, tweet at us. We're gonna start doing ASMR so you can listen to us in bed. Isn't
0: mm. isn't my dysphagia and your speech impediment already kind of ASMR? It's just manic ASMR. The creeps, jerks, and
1: nannies that make of them- it. <laughs> Yeah, so regardless, the point is, you can lay in bed, catch up on some true crime, of which 90% of that takes place in Florida. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for it. There's a reason you shouldn't live in Florida. I say this as someone whose in-laws are in Florida. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a mistake that they've chosen to make. They've done this to themselves. And, you know, while I love and respect them, um, I do not respect this choice that they have made, um... No one's perfect, I guess. So, I think that's going to be all for us this week, folks.
0: If you, for some reason, like what you're hearing, uh, you should check us out on thisfnguypod.com. For now. For now. More on that later. uh, Or on Twitter, at thisfnguypod. Or donate to our Patreon if you want to. Or donate to, I don't
1: know, some fucking... Child services. Child services. We will put in the citation. So Saisha Mercado does have a GoFundMe page. Okay. If you want to go ahead and, and shoot her some cash. She has made like $400,000 at this point. So she's not like... She's pertinent. probably good. But if she links other... Yeah we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll find stuff. We'll link it. Anyway, I am Ren Martinez. I'm Ginger Golub. Here's a bonus self-care tip. Just hit unsubscribe from those spam emails. Unless they're from us. Mm? Also, don't be this fucking guy. Peace.
0: This fucking guy.